Welcome in, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Creative Catalyst podcast, a show focusing on the creative processes for life, business, and your world. My name, Rudolf Korov, a creative designer based out of the Pacific Northwest, and uh, today's episode is episode number three, titled Wearing Many Hats. Today, we'll be interviewing a simple sparrow, a.k.a. Jacqueline Korov. She's an artist, silversmith, business owner, wife, and mom. All right. Thanks for tuning in to episode number three of the Creative Catalyst podcast. I'm here with Jacqueline Corb. Jacqueline, how are you today? I am wonderful. And how about yourself? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so today's uh, episode is titled Wearing Many Hats. And uh, today I've asked my beautiful wife to come in because she, like many households, is the glue of the home and uh, does a lot of things. But Jacqueline's not just a smoking hot lady slash <laughs> mother of three teenagers, but she's also an artist and business owner. She's a silversmith. And uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about some of her uh, journeys and processes in what she does. And we'll go from there. So we were talking right before the podcast and we we're trying to count how many years that we mm. were married, that we're married. And it's been a long time. It has been an incredibly long time. You, that's, <laughs> that I sounds, say with joy okay. in my heart. <laughs> She's like, no, it has been a long, long time. Well, anyway, so we've we're going on eighteen years. Yes, November marriage. will be eighteen years. But today, actually, it's funny that we're doing this podcast today. Today is the day, eighteen years ago, that I met you for the very first time. I knew that. Because I told you this I know, morning. I know she did. <laughs> That's awesome. Fun little factoid. Wow. 18 years ago. 18 years ago, your life was forever changed. It was. So um, this this section, I wanted to talk about the subject of you finding yourself because everyone's got to find their way, their path uh, for life, their aspirations or whatnot. Um, so Jacqueline and I have been married for going on 18 years. Um we had kids right away. Immediately. Like right away. I think like uh, we walked down the aisle. No. The next day. No. <laughs> is, I cannot put explicit on this podcast. I, I, they're they're going to be clean. So it's going to be. Okay. So Sorry. anyways, we uh, we got married and our daughter, we had our daughter uh, how long? Uh, I got pregnant four months after four we months. got married. Yeah. And then uh, we had a, our daughter, Adia. And then, and then three months after I had her, I got pregnant with our second. Yep. Wham, bam. There it is. And then Ian came a year later. Two years. Two years later. Almost two so, years. Yeah. So uh, the interesting part about us talking about that is uh, you came from a, a large family. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I met you, your your goal, and, and which was my goal too, but was to have a family, <laughs> right? I had high goals for my life. <laughs> but would you say that the, there wasn't too much after that? It was like... No, that was pretty much my thinking. Yeah. You you graduate high school, you get married, you have lots of babies. Yeah. That was my goal in life. Yeah. And so we we, we did that. You we, know. we accomplished that. And something happens along the way where um, that might not be enough, I guess. Right. You know, not that it's not enough because family is enough, but 
there's so much more that you, I feel like you have to offer mm-hmm. uh, because of what we're going to go into next, talking about your career. But um, I feel like this was important because there's a lot of people that might be listening to this podcast that is either a mom or a dad, and they feel like maybe they're just kind of going through the motions in life or they had one thing that they wanted to accomplish and they did. And then, you know, what now? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I feel like uh, when we lived in the desert, I worked a lot because I'm trying to provide for my family. And, and you know, it was really an unhealthy situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like an, an unhealthy like way to like provide. Right. So here I am, I get off of work and then I, and I work, I, and I work again because I own <laughs> a business too. And, you know, you are home with the kids and and we had three in diapers and we got Adia out of diapers before Ian was born. So I don't remember. So I, it was I only had two, two at the same time, but it was back to back. <laughs> right. So, so in the town that we lived in, uh, Jacqueline was, I would say you were known as Rudolph's wife. Yes. <laughs> the longest, <laughs> for, and I laugh and I, and I feel like I can laugh at that. I can laugh. Okay, yes. good. So. Cause I don't, uh, it's not a diss. I don't mind being sh- Rudolph's wife. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's that. more to you than that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, going into your business and, being an artist, but you begin to find yourself and this avenue to, um, I don't know, like show your creativity to express yourself. And it's turned into something really amazing and wonderful and skipping ahead to now we live in, in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. I feel like, how do I want to say this? Like there's people that you know, and meet that I don't know. Right. Right. So it's like, not only, it's like we swapped roles in a lot in a lot of situations and ways where it's like I'm Jacqueline's husband, <laughs> which I'm totally okay with that. You know what I mean? But I feel like you you found yourself and you're continuing to find yourself. But then also the things that you're um, the things that you're creating and expressing yourself are inspiring other people as well. And I kind of feel like that was the one of the main reasons why I wanted Jacqueline on the podcast is because there's a lot of people and not just women, men too, but like specifically your situation that you could speak truth into, um, you know, mm-hmm. that whole, that whole thing. Like, you know, you don't have to be just stuck at home. Right. Um, you have more, there's more purpose than just, maybe being a mom. Right. Well, and I think we go through seasons too, where like that, that was fulfilling for me and it still is fulfilling Mm -hmm. to be a mom and to be a wife. And it was a little difficult having three babies at once. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, but I also feel I have a lot of amnesia from that. And it seems like it was better than maybe what it was. Like, I don't remember it being, so very difficult, but um, I'm sure it was. <laughs> right, like like you could say like like you could laugh at it now, laugh at situations right, and things right. now, and but there then it was seemed maybe it heavy. was probably a lot heavier, and I probably didn't realize it. Although I do have to say, whenever young mothers talk about having babies, multiple babies, they'd never get sleep. 
And I love when people say that because I get to laugh at them because my babies let me sleep <laughs> a lot. It was a special talent. <laughs> it was. And they bless their little hearts. Except Adia. Adia. I she mean, still slept. She just slept with me. Yeah. Yeah. So. She's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about um, about yourself and how you got started? Okay. So. Um, I would never think of myself as being a very creative person growing up. I was not artistic as a child. I pretty much sucked at artistic anything. Um, I played with a lot of Hot Wheel cars. That was mm -hmm. my childhood. But um, the older I got, the more I wanted to do things, but I didn't know how. Um, I didn't know what my medium would be. I'm not good at painting. I'm not good at drawing. Um, I never felt that I could be artistic. I can't sing. I'm mediocre at playing guitar at best. <laughs> um, and so I actually had started reading a blog of a girl that was like an acquaintance of somebody I knew. And um, she was living in the desert. Um not in the same, like probably maybe 45 minutes away from where we lived. And she was a silversmith and she was just starting out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that. Like I've never thought of that as being a medium to be artistic in. So I really loved her work. I could kick myself for not buying any of her work when it was $40. <laughs> and now it's like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but I do own two rings from her. Um, her blog, I guess it's her blog and her Instagram is The Noisy Plume. If you have anybody has ever heard of her, she is freaking amazing. The most talented person I have ever seen. Um, so anyways, so I had was reading her blog and just felt like, man, I feel this is something I could do. And I'm not... I'm not really a go-getter. I like to <laughs> take my time and ponder things and I need people to push me to do things. And I think you really like encouraged me like, hey, if, that, if you feel that that's something you want to do, go out and do it. Like, don't just talk about it. Go do it. Mm -hmm. So I had looked up at the community college in the town we were living in. And they so happen to have a silversmith class, which is pretty bizarre to me because I don't think for such a small town that it, it's a normal thing to have. And so it was a hundred bucks to take the class. And plus I had to buy silver and supplies and stuff. And it was a huge stretch. Like I didn't have a hundred dollars. What was that first investment? Do you remember like how much it was the class and the, and the silver and. Um, I think. Oh, maybe 50. It was not a lot because okay. it was basically enough to make like one piece of jewelry or two pieces of jewelry. Um, it was nothing like fancy. And it was basic like silver sheet and silver wire. It was, you know, nothing um, super fancy. And then all the tools are provided. So I took the class. I, I want to say it was like an eight week class. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to think back. It was 2010, I believe, is when I took the class. Um. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. I felt like I did really well. 
even my teacher and and I'm still friends with a couple of the people that I took the class with and the first ring I made, which I will never get rid of, is beautiful. I was just gonna bring that up. Your first ring is probably one of my favorite pieces of jewelry that you have. And uh, yeah, I just remember seeing that going, holy smokes. Like, hot dang, she's awesome. Boy, I mean, it, it's, inc <laughs> it's incredible. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's three carnelians set very simply, but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. So anyways, um, yeah, so I took the class and started making, you know, was able to make during the class. And then we were in transition just in life. I, we were moving out of one house, moving into another house. Um, that first rental we were in, I think we only lived there a year. And I had, I had yet to set up a shop at home because I remember we had room in the garage and I was starting to plan it. And then I love looking at houses on Craigslist and I had seen a house for rent that had a shop built in, like mm. in the garage, like at the back of the garage. And I was like, I need this house. We need to move. I remember it was really odd. It was very odd. And it's like, okay, if you want to do this, <laughs> then you make the phone calls. Especially because I don't like making those kind of decisions. Like, yeah. I don't like calling landlords. I don't like <laughs> any of that. And she did it. And it was I great. I did. And I even, we were actually both taking college classes as well at the time. And when you're old and go to college... They give you money. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that is actually what paid for me to set my shop up. Mm -hmm. I believe my initial um, fees for like the bare necessities of silversmithing, I think was about between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars mm -hmm. that I I put in to, you know, buy all the stuff I needed. But yeah, so we, we moved into this other house. I had a beautiful shop. I still dream of that room. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful and amazing. Mm -hmm. I miss it. And um, yeah, d you know, just kind of dabbled here and there. I didn't do a lot of work. Um, didn't really sell very much. I think I did mm -hmm. one little pop-up little uh, um, booth at the school, like the, the college did a little like market. And I think I sold one piece of jewelry. Do you remember how much it was at the time? Maybe fifty bucks. Maybe fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah maybe a hundred, but it was it was not a lot, and I was very I was felt so discouraged. Um, I think I spent more on pottery from other people than I did <laughs> making anything. Well, <laughs> so. So, something about Jacqueline is that she's in transition right now too, because she I feel like you're. Uh, just crossing over that hump of what you're talking about that other silversmith was mm. where you were charging X for your, right, your stuff. Right. And now, you know, so your jewelry, you have some pieces that are under a hundred, but a lot of them are one or two and right. I think even $300. I have one piece that's like 330, yeah. which is like, I will probably cry and fall in a heap on the floor when somebody <laughs> buys that piece. Um, yes. And I'll be like, ching. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, you talked about the one artist, which was a noisy plume. The noisy plume. Uh, is there anybody else that's artists out there that yes. you want to give a kind of like a shout out to? So around the time that I think it was the same year that we moved to Oregon, um, my timeline kind of gets messed up. But I, I want to say it was the same year. 
Um, so 2013, I was following this uh, lady's blog called Umberdove, and she's a silversmith, but she also um, did a lot of work in leather and just uh, she was an amazing painter. Oh, my gosh. I can't even just anyways. Um, so she did. Is she the one that did the calendars? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember you that. bought me a set of her calendars for Christmas one year. Um, yeah. So we had, it was the beginning of 2013. She did this giveaway, which I never win giveaways ever. And it was a, a class to do. Um, and I, I want to say it was just like a creative art class for any medium. You mm -hmm. could be a painter, a silversmith, leather worker, anything, any creative outlet, but it was talking about the creative process and how you go about being creative mm -hmm. and like um, challenging yourself to think outside the box and do things out of the norm. So I had entered my name for that. We actually went on our first vacation, big vacation to Nebraska that year. Mm -hmm. And when I got home, she had emailed me and was like, hey, I noticed you didn't respond, but you won. And I had won this art class. And I want to say it was like a, maybe a hundred bucks to take the class mm -hmm. anyways. And I didn't have the money. So I was super excited. And I remember that that class really helped jumpstart just my thought process mm -hmm. of being creative. And I'm really sad because the computer that I had all of the lessons and all of my notes for that died and i lost all of that it was before the cloud it was before the cloud <laughs> and it makes me sad so if anybody has taken that class message me later <laughs> i so, want all of your information <laughs> is there anything that you can think of in, in that you know from i know it's been a long time but like uh you talked about you felt like uh something that was taught kind of unlocked some mindset things yeah i think it was just oh gosh it's hard to put into words like they encourage she encouraged to like do things differently than like not your your normal medium so she encouraged painting even though you weren't a painter okay. or and i did i actually you i think you actually used the logo it's the circle with the three arrows i painted that in that art class and mm. we actually both have three arrows on our arms it doesn't have the circle around it Tattoo. But, um yeah mm -hmm. so that was one of the things of just like slowing down and looking at the details of plants and animals and like, you know, find things on your workbench that um, oh, like speak to you, like that have like a, um, a background, a history. Like I think one of those things I used was a plate that was my grandma's. So like just little things like that to like bring up um, – thoughts about your past or you know how you want to look at life differently in the creative realm mm -hmm. so that's awesome i remember um it didn't have to do with business even though it, it has happened i just not thinking clearly on on a particular thing but music specifically um i feel like um i had it inside of me i was operating as a songwriter but I was all and writing music and playing and stuff and practicing that craft. But I remember certain specific people that crossed my path that almost 
I felt like gave me permission mm. to be creative. And even though I, I didn't need anybody's permission, but like, it's almost like that fresh word spoken, speaking into your life. Right. Uh, sparks something inside of you that gives you permission to be, to, to like. Make it okay. Yeah. Make it okay. But like act on what's inside of you, you know, cause like there's no silversmiths in our family. I mean, that, no. we, that I know of. I don't think so. You know what I mean? Um, there's not even I don't even know any any musicians in our in our family mm-hmm. you know what I mean uh, you know as far as our parents or whatever so it's like these things that are inside of us that we we're created to be right um, are coming out and they're finding their way and it, sometimes it's through you know something that might you might not think of like a class well, or well and I think that's like I feel that that's the hardest part for me is believing that I am what I say I am. Right. So, like, because I was not ever artistic as a child, it's hard for me to go, well, I'm an artist. Well. Now you, you know, can. I, it still is hard for me now. Like, you know, to put myself in the same category as Umberdove in the Noisy Plume is still very difficult for me. Because it's like, it seems so effortless on mm. their part. And the work is just. You know, it's just their life. It's how they live their life. But they also are in different places, which um, like the Noisy Plume, she's not not only just a silversmith, but they're farmers and, you know, they hunt and they do all these things that it's just that's part of their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Umberdove actually passed away, I want to say two years ago from cancer mm-hmm. and boy that the day i found out just wrecked me hmm. like it it felt like a family member even though i've never met her it, it literally felt like a family member had Big died piece of your creative life yeah mm-hmm. um i remember in, in some of the other podcasts that i that i did so far i made the comment about um, I didn't call myself a graphic designer right away. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm operating as a graphic designer. So, okay, I'm a graphic designer and, and I didn't, wasn't a web designer. And then I started building right. websites like, oh, it's like, there's a, there's a shift mm-hmm. in your thought process. And even in like, you know, believing that you can do it, that all of a sudden, you know, right. Oh, I'm, and like <laughs> somebody ever called you an artist before and you're just like, and it kind of like. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird when people will say that. And I'm like, Oh no, and they're like, no, you are, right. and so it's hard like, for me. to I feel like you're embracing more now than you than before. But I remember areas of my life like that, as far as my trade. Well, I don't want to be a poser. I don't want to pretend right. to do something. Right. So you see, people have been doing it for 10, 15 years. Well, they all started somewhere. So aside from being an artist and a silversmith and a business owner, you're also a a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got three kids. That we do. And a pup. Sweet Lucy Goose. Yeah, she's a she's a basset hound. Probably the most awesome dog ever. She really is. Like, she is the cutest and sneakiest dog I've ever met. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so l- let's talk about wearing different hats. So I really feel like this will speak to uh, specifically women, but guys too. Um, so in our relationship, our marriage, we have um, where it's set up to where I'm specifically the like the breadwinner, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that's how you our home is. You bring that up. bacon home so good. And sometimes cook it. 
but Ooh, most of the time. My favorite is when you cook it. <laughs> and I dirty every dish in the house when I yes, do Yes, so. you do. <laughs> uh, but then also you're, you know, the, the mom and, and, you know, and have all these other responsibilities. And so, like, if I come home from work or if I need the car for a job or, you know, so there's been times and where you kind of have to, like, put your, mm-hmm. you know, production slash creative plans on hold just because for that immediate moment or situation right. or the kids might need you for school project or to take them somewhere so your your job isn't isn't complete you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not just one thing uh, so let's talk a little bit about that what what is that like to wear um, different hats and how does that look like for you know being for you being a, a woman with all this creativity inside of you um, how do you find and uh, get that out there, you know? Right. So I, all I have to say is I am thankful that I did not discover my creativity until my 30s because I don't think that I could do what I do if I had toddlers. Mm-hmm. I mentally could not wrap my head around it because babies are so time consuming. Mm-hmm. And now I know artists that, you know, are silversmiths and they own their own business and they have toddlers and bless their hearts. I don't know how they do it. Like (laughs) I could not do that. So um, I really feel like even if if I think sometimes like, oh, well, I didn't start my career till later in life, like. I feel that it was all in the right timing Mm -hmm. because now I'm able to do what I want to do because the kids are older. Um, But it's still difficult. I mean, it's still hard that I have to put things aside for my family Mm -hmm. to take care of them. But, but I have to remind myself that they come first. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to botch this quote, but there's a quote by Winston Churchill that I have hanging in my shop. Actually, it's not Winston Churchill. It's C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Close. (laughs) You (laughs) You know, know, same. (laughs) Somebody would comment. Somebody who's smart. He says that your greatest work. Oh, my gosh. I hate myself right now. (laughs) You turned my phone off. I did. Dang it. It's such a great quote. Okay. So I think it is. Children aren't the distraction of your greatest work, that they are your greatest work. Nice. I probably botched it, but that's what it sums it up. That's the idea. Yeah. And I I feel like, well, moving to Oregon and us slowing things down has been one, like a scary process, but Mm -hmm. like also a really exciting one. And I feel that um, life seems like they're should there's a quite a bit of like shoulda coulda would is like mm-hmm. i wish i would have right wish i would have been home more at the beginning of all this stuff i wish i would have had my priorities straight or whatever but i feel like you've done a really good job about grounding me as far as encouraging me but grounding me you know like mm-hmm. you're talking about you know the kids and the family is like the most important thing but like uh you know Allow, allowing me space to figure that out too and how that works and how mm-hmm. there are some, I don't have to work late every night. You know what I mean? And I haven't in like months. Right. But it's like. You did the other day. <laughs> I did the other day. Yeah, I was up till three, but uh, it's not, not very often that that happens. But like, I feel like, uh, you know, as a, as a married couple bring and business owners, because there, there's other entrepreneur 
husband and wife said are have are doing more you know right right so like what does that look like to being a mom and a wife well i've got these thoughts that i'm trying to like narrow down to speakable thoughts (laughs) right that i have never been a go-getter I'm not like, and I said that earlier, I'm not, I have to be pushed to do things Mm -hmm. because I'm, I don't like to take chances. I don't like to step out of my comfort zone. So for me, slow is really good. Mm -hmm. Like working my way up. Like it took me, I want to say it was two years into moving here before I even did the Saturday market, Mm -hmm. which I feel is that jumpstart for me to actually sell my work. Um, there was not the venue in Arizona for mm-hmm. me personally mm-hmm. to sell other than Etsy. So moving here and having that and, you know, those first, the first year was, that was pretty stressful. Like, because I think I would just stress myself out. Right. And, um, but for me, I'm, what I'm realizing is, as I get closer to 40, <laughs> that some of my, behaviors and traits that I have, I feel that are really good. And they've always seemed like a bad thing in like people would point out like, hey, well, you don't do this or you don't do that. But I have always needed lots of sleep Mm -hmm. and I like to be at home. I don't like to always be on the go. And that is one of the reasons I love homeschooling is I don't have to get up early in the morning. And so I feel like it is, it was my, my body was training me to take care of myself mm-hmm. and know my limitations and know that it's okay to sit and drink coffee in the morning and not rush around like a chicken with its head cut off. You know? I'm still learning what that means. I, I, I don't yeah. function well. I can't stay up late and then wake up early the next morning. Like You know what you sound like? An artist. (laughs) (laughs) Fancy that. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So like the first couple years of doing Saturday Market, I would get really stressed. Well, why don't you explain a little bit what Saturday Market is? Okay, so the Saturday Market is a local outdoor market in the city of Eugene. We are in our 50th year. So it is the longest running outdoor market in the United States. Wow. Um, So I've this is my fourth year selling there. I have a reserve booth, so I set up in the same place every Saturday, um, and it's all handmade. Like the to, I remember it was a pretty big deal to go have my work looked at by other people that were at the market to be approved to be in this market. Um, so everything has to be handmade. It's not like, hey, I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff from China and sell it for triple the amount to right. people who are visiting. No, uh, no offense to people that do that. Exactly. But this is not the venue for that. Yes, this is strictly for handmade. But Eugene also is an amazing place because people really hold value to handmade items. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a pretty creative place. It is a very creative place. And I feel really blessed to be at that market because, I mean, man, that that is what has made my business grow is being there and we get a lot of visitors so i have a lot of people that come to my booth and then take a card and you know go back home and and then get in contact Mm -hmm. with me so it's been a really amazing thing so back to juggling um 
I have to remind myself because those first two years were really stressful for me at the market that I'm not in competition with anybody. Mm-hmm. There's enough money to go around. I don't enough have work. There's enough work mm-hmm. for everybody. And now jewelry is one of the like jewelry and pottery are the two main artists at this market. There's quite a few. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of so-called competition, mm-hmm. but um, I feel my work is unique. Um, there's not very many people that sell similar items. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel I do really well there, but it's a, it's a process of just like acknowledging to myself that I'm an artist. Also, not stressing myself mm-hmm. out because I should be selling more, I should be doing better, or I blah, 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 blah. I mean, the list can go on. So I used to get very stressed out if I couldn't get a couple days of work in. But I feel this year I've done really well. Mm-hmm. I've calmed my... <laughs> I, I think you said something that was really important that I, I kind of want to repeat is that you said that you were talking about how you're not in competition with others, but you there's and there's enough... And I put the word work on it, but mm-hmm. there's enough work out there for everybody. And I remember when, um, especially when we lived in Arizona, it was a smaller town. There would be graphic designers that would open up shop. And I remember I get real upset inside, right. like, oh yeah. my gosh, like you know these these people that they're just o- they're open and they have a shop now. And but then I would see them close yes. year after year. But yet still here, I was still around. And I feel like that here in Oregon, especially doing stuff that's online. You can kind of work from anywhere. There literally is enough work for everybody. Oh, so right. I feel like that's a good, um, uh, some good advice, you know, for people that might be listening that are bu- business owners, mm-hmm. that it's like you're frustrated. Um, the first episode that we did was uh, finding ways to stand out. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what, you, what you're about ready to probably allude to is like, how do you stand out amongst this competition even though you don't, you're not in competition, but they are your competition because they do the same thing. Right. Uh, standing out. So I know people are coming to you specifically for your jewelry um, because it's almost like they're seeking out your brand mm-hmm. because your look is backing up your brand of a simple sparrow. Mm-hmm. So like people will. Like the other day, that lady, uh, that gal brought a bought like a ring. It was like one hundred and eighty dollars or mm-hmm. something like that. She sat there and looked at it and looked at it. It was like at 40, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, that she like went back and forth. <laughs> right, but there was other people at at that place that had the similar, um, you know, work. Didn't look the same, but they were selling. You know, yes. And it's like what set you what sets you apart different and and. It's the whole experience. It's the whole package, baby. That's right. You know, I got the whole package. <laughs> but yeah, so like, what what does that look like? Well, as far I as- feel like in especially in this day and age, people want to connect with other people, mm-hmm. whether that's in person, via Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, so, I do ma- most of my marketing is through Instagram, mm-hmm. and I f- like even when I'm following people. Yes, I want to see their work and I want to see their process, but I want to know about their life. Mm-hmm. And it's that that heart connection almost where you want to know about them. And I think just being real and being who I am and talking about the Basset Hound and our kids, like mm-hmm. that that finds a place in that platform and people connect with that. Like I have people that come to my booth 
that follow me on Instagram that talk to me about my dog and my kids. Right. <laughs> I, I've alluded to that before in in, in other episodes about um, re- a relational process to mm-hmm. working with your customers that they're not just a number right. or, or an account number or Well, and for me to remember too, like to remember, I'm so bad at remembering names, but I remember faces and I'm like, I know, I know you, I know I've talked to you and, you know, something will trigger that I'll remember from a conversation with them. And people love that. They want to be seen and heard. So the funniest story that I have about that is. I'm scared. (laughs) No, no, this is great because I'm not a prideful person. I'm not like, but like I was beating my chest you know, yeah, awesome for like this couple of seconds before I figured out what was actually happening. But we were at a restaurant oh. <laughs> and this lady comes up and this I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking that she's going to come up to me and talk to me about how she's seen uh, me play music. Because yes. that happens you yes. know, a lot. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> hey, I've seen, I saw you play so and so or or this <clears throat> place or that place. But she like kind of like walked past me and went straight to you. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you're a simple sparrow. And I I watch, I see you on Instagram. The best part about this was, so because you guys can't see us, I have dreads down to almost my butt right now. So Mm -hmm. super long dreads. And I get a lot of people that come up to me and tell me they like my hair. Mm -hmm. So I actually was thinking that's what she was going to say when she walked (laughs) up. Like, oh, your hair's awesome. I love it. And then she dropped that, like, oh, my gosh, I follow you on Instagram. And I'm like, I have arrived. I know. You are <laughs> I was on, night. oh, my gosh, like, I could just die now and be happy <laughs> that somebody <laughs> recognized me in public that follows me on Instagram. Right, right. So you, you're talking about uh, Instagram. We're going to wrap this up here in just a little bit. But uh, you were talking about Instagram as a way that you promote yourself, which I think is cool because you've done like some giveaways and stuff. Yes. And I feel like I've had like a pretty good like uh, response. This from people. last one, definitely. I had a really great response. So something I also wanted to touch on because there's a lot of artists out there and even jewelers or um, businesses specifically that are making handmade stuff and they are... Um, they are using the Etsy platform, mm-hmm. which is a really popular platform. People ask all the time, oh, are you on Etsy? Not mm-hmm. me, but like when I hear them talking yes. to you. So, um, yeah, not that we're endorsing Etsy or the product that I'm going to bring up. But like I wanted to because because this whole show is about the creative processes for business and life mm-hmm. and stuff, too. Um, we came across a marketing tool that was for. Um, Etsy stores. Yes. And uh, what was that called? And then like, okay, ha- so how did that work out? the um, it's not affiliated with Etsy, but they I think they actually promote it now. And it's called Marmalade, like marmalade, but marmalade. Mm-hmm. And so Etsy has been we'll going. Put a, we'll put a link in that. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Etsy's kind of gone through a weird transition. I have not been there since the beginning. I know jewelers that have. And a lot of them have left and have started their own websites, but they also have a following that followed them. Mm-hmm. So for people that are trying to get their business or their their work seen and purchased, Etsy is still, I feel, one of the best platforms mm-hmm. for that. I mean, I personally buy a crap load of stuff on, right. <laughs> on Etsy. So you were you were you're putting your stuff on Etsy. 
and you weren't really seeing like the result like necessarily results people were using yes. you as a platform like friends and family were buying off etsy right uh people that met you maybe at i would market. have random people mm-hmm. purchase something because i mean it's a vast especially for a jeweler oh my gosh there's so many people mm-hmm. so marmalade what it did was and I just did it for a little while. I'm sure I could go in and. Well, until you got got down. Like, yeah, there. like I'm. I haven't arrived in that area, but there's. I sh- probably have more work to do. But marmalade helped identify things that I didn't realize I needed to be doing, like putting in, in your listing in my listings, mm-hmm. putting tag words that were in the title that have to be in like certain amount. Yeah, certain amount amounts. Um, finding out what are the words people are searching for. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I just wanted to type in, if I was looking for a silver ring, if I just type in sur- silver ring, holy crap, there's a lot of silver rings that pop right. up. So you need more specific words um, using the stone name. If there's a stone in your in the piece. You know, using that because people will like, hey, I want a ring with carnelian. So they'll type that in. So having those things um, integrated into Etsy. What was that? Integrated? Is that not the right word? Integrated. Integrated. <laughs> Sorry. I did, I was debating <laughs> on saying something. Cut that out. <laughs> integrated. Integrated. In- integrated. Um, now you made me lose my train. Oh, of I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, something that Marmalade was doing is that it would rate your listing per listing and tell yes. you, if you, but with a grade letter, like, hey, you had an A on this, meaning like it was great, perfect. Yes. Or you have a B or a C. And the so there's best a is so in Etsy, you have a listing description mm-hmm. and you talk about the piece, the dimensions, yada, yada, yada. Well, I, all of my listings kept getting really bad grades on that because it said, I needed to dumb down the wording. <laughs> oh, nice. Because it needed to be a third and fourth grade reading level. Oh, wow. Okay. Of because I think it's because people don't really read it. They just kind of skim it. So, um it needed to be lowered. I yeah, used I, I used too many big words. <laughs> I guess I guess that makes sense though, like in anything, you know what I mean? Like Right. So yeah, so the thing the newest thing that I started using, which I'm still kind of working out the kinks to it, is another jeweler mentioned to me of using Pinterest. Okay. Now, I never thought to use it in that aspect. Like, I use Pinterest to look up recipes because I never remember them. So I look up recipes. I look up, like, Volkswagen stuff. I look up dreads, all that kind of stuff. But I never thought about even looking up workspaces or um, jewelry or anything like that. So I... Are people selling on Pinterest? Yeah. So I actually need to have my website. um, I don't want to say the word because I messed it up. Smushed together (laughs) is the word I'm going to use. All right. (laughs) There's some code that you have to put into my website. So it's linked to Pinterest. So my my graphic designer needs to do that for me. Um, I'll I'll get that smushed code. Okay. Get that smushed code. Um, So yeah. So you can actually... Like if I post a piece of jewelry on Instagram, I have it connected so it'll just go to Pinterest Mm -hmm. and you could click the link and it would take you to either Instagram or my website or something. So um, I don't know if I've seen any sales from that, but I've had a lot of views. That's awesome. So I think it helps. You might be getting traction going to your Etsy shop from that, you know. True. Yeah. 
And so in, along with that, I don't do a lot on Facebook business-wise. I do have my Instagram connected to my Facebook because I do have customers that will purchase from me through there mm-hmm. or see my work. Um, and then like Saturday market, I pass out business cards because people are weird and don't want to buy things in person, but they'll wait and go home and then buy, which is weird to me. But sure. so I pass out a lot of business cards that has all of my social media, you know, is that handles? Is that the word mm-hmm, for it? Mm-hmm. On there and my website and, um, I don't, I don't know exactly how we did this, but I, I think it's just because I do a lot of social media for my business. So if you were to Google Silversmith in Eugene, Oregon, mm-hmm. I am the number one person that comes up. <laughs> I might have something to do with that. You we'll might. See. You might have something to do with that. So um, I do get a lot of calls for repairs, which suck. I hate repairs. Um, not repairs on my own work, but repairs in general. Like people have. <laughs> I'm glad you said something about yes. that because I thought, wow. Yeah, no, my jewelry is not falling apart. <laughs> um, repairs from other, like just rings or necklaces. Yeah, but had. you know what? You have to look at that as that's a way to get a new customer in oh, front of you. For sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I do what I can. I always tell people I'll look at it and see what I can do. And if I can't, because I, I don't want to ruin what mm-hmm. they have. So um, it's just kind of an iffy territory. Awesome. Well, we're here with a simple sparrow, Jacqueline Corv. And uh, how can they people find you and your work? So my website is www.asimplesparrow.com mm-hmm. or shopasimplesparrow.com. Mm-hmm. Also, a simple sparrow studio on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a simple sparrow on Facebook. Nice. We'll put that in yes. the... Uh, Or you can come down to the Saturday market from 10 to 5 every Saturday, rain or shine. By the fountain. By the fountain. You have a booth booth number? Booth 133 by the fountain. Booth 133. On 8th and Oak. All right. Well, there you go. Well, hey, we'd like to thank you guys for stopping by and listening to the Creative Catalyst podcast today. So leaving off... Let's uh, give you a platform here to uh, give some advice to those that are looking to creatively impact their world. It could be anything. What what advice would people that you give to the young oh. simple sparrow out there? The, <laughs> the young the, sparrow. The, the maybe it could be the mom that out there that that is just maybe feels like she's stuck in mom world or. Okay, so I'll speak to the moms with babies or young children. My advice. Love those babies. There is always time to find work. <laughs> they grow quick. Stay at home. Love your babies. Enjoy it because, like everybody would tell me, time flies. And now I have freaking three teenagers. Yeah. And I miss those babies. So that's my advice. Don't be in a hurry to to get outside of the home. Enjoy that time while you have it. And yeah, that's my advice. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. (laughs) Jacqueline.